And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart, who has made Him known. This is the word of life. Those words come from the first chapter of John. The Gospel of John is a masterpiece of writing, not only of literature, but of grandeur, of great work on theology and how we understand God is at work in our world. And yet it is so different than some of the other Gospel accounts. It begins in such a very different way. There's no story in the Gospel of John of Mary or Joseph or Bethlehem. No details of a baby being born in a manger. No wise men. No shepherds. John tells his gospel in such a very different way. But he still wants us to know that there's something really amazing going on. He wants us to think in cosmic terms of who this God is and what this God is doing. And that even though he is the God of all creation he is a god who cares about you and loves you and is reaching out in a special way to each and every one of us and not just those of us gathered here but in fact reaching out to the entire world for it's john that writes that god so loved the world it's an epic story of creation And yet it comes down to a very specific point of God loving each and every one of us. And the way John says that is that the Word became flesh and lived among us. We gather to celebrate that tonight. Here in the late afternoon sun that the nearness of God, that the love of God is coming into our lives and is as close to us as a baby being born that we could hold in our arms and snuggle to our breast. But John is writing, scholars tell us, some 100 years after the birth of Christ. By then, Christianity has spread all around the Mediterranean world. Oh, Jesus was born a Jew, but now the word has spread well beyond confines of Judaism into the rest of the Mediterranean world where Greek philosophy permeates. And they had this idea of the logos, or what's translated in our Bibles as the word. And this idea was that the brilliance behind creation and the master works of order that we see in our universe all come from this God who also cares about us. Their idea was that day and night come with regularity, that the seasons come in the same order year after year after year, that you can see the order of the universe 
And they marveled at that. And they said the reason that happened was because of the word or the logos. John, the gospel writer, takes that concept as he writes, we think, to this Greek audience and says, oh, you understand this idea of the word and the order of the universe. But let me tell you something else. That this one that put all of that in place has done something else, has acted again, and is coming to you in this person named Jesus. Look at him, John says, and you will see this mind of God or this logos of God. Look at him, and you will see the way this God works in real life. This God who has ordered everything and is behind all of creation has come to you in this baby we call Jesus because this God wants you to know that His love for you is abounding and is steadfast and will be there for you forever. John says in this gospel that he has experienced this personally and he's come to believe that this Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Word of God become flesh, the light of the world. And he's writing so that you might come to believe as well. Are you ready to believe that this Word was in the beginning and in the beginning this Word was with God and nothing was created without this Word? And then this Word became flesh and dwelt among us or lived among us. John wants to share his experience with us. It's changed his life. He says this is what happens when you come to believe it will change your life. If you hear this story and you believe, it will change your life. I was talking to one of my colleagues the other day. It's 10 days or so before Christmas. We we're talking about this story. And he says, you know, I had this one professor. This professor was like no other professor I ever had. He said, just when I walked into the classroom... And she was standing there. It felt like the room was full of God. He said, I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that, but her countenance, her presence, the way she taught, the way she related to students, just you could sense she was deeply connected to God and the presence of God just kind of flowed through her. He said it was an amazing experience that he had never had any other class or any other professor where he experienced anything like that. But he said being in that class, listening to her, interacting with her, drew him closer to God. And through that experience, helped him understand God so much better. The Hebrew Scriptures say that of Moses. That Moses was radiant, that after Moses had been close to God on the mountain, that he glowed, he was radiant, he shone. It was the glory of God, they said. John, in his gospel, goes one step further. Did you hear that in verse 17? This is what John said. The law, indeed, was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, 
No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made Him known. And we have seen His glory. The glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Grace and truth in John are the experiences of God in Christ coming to us when we experience firsthand the love of God and the forgiveness of God where we understand that we are accepted and we are beloved just as we are and God is reaching out to us and trying to draw us ever closer. Oh, that's grace and truth of God. And when we receive it, we become children of God and then recognize our true value and place and role in the world. Oh yes, we are beloved children of God. And that recognition, that experience, John says, changes us. I read recently about a guy who worked in a restaurant as a magician. He was sort of the entertainment, if you would, while people were waiting on their orders. He walked around from table to table with a deck of cards, and he would just do simple magic tricks as he moved around until people got their order. So one night he's working, and he walks up to a table and kind of fans his cards out and shows them to this family sitting there, and then there's a young lady there, and he flashes the cards, and he says, pick a card, any card. And her father interrupts and says, uh, no, I'm sorry, my daughter's blind. And he said, well, that's okay. If she's willing, we can still do a card trick. Father kind of shrugs. He looks at the daughter and says, would you like to do a trick tonight? She kind of shrugs and says, okay. Not too convincing, not too enthusiastic, but it's his job, so he forges ahead. He grabs a chair and pulls it up to the table and sits right across from her. And he says, what's your name? And she says, Wendy. He says, okay, Wendy, here's the deal. We're going to do a trick together. I'm going to pull a card out of the deck of my cards, and you're going to be able to tell me what color it is. I want you to tell me whether it's red or black. I want you to use your psychic powers, and when I pull this card up and hold it up, you're going to be able to tell if it's red or black. Do you understand? Wendy shakes her head and says, yes. He says, okay, so he shuffles the card. He pulls the first one out. It's the king of clubs. He shows it to the rest of the family. Then he says, Wendy, what color is this card? She says, black? Oh, the family smiles. She got it right. He shuffles the card again. He pulls out another one. This time it's the seven of hearts. He says, now, Wendy, use your psychic powers and tell me, is this card red or black? She thinks for a moment, and then she says, red. And her family glances at each other. They can't believe it. Two in a row. He shuffles the deck a third time, pulls out another card. This time it's the three of diamonds. He says, okay, Wendy, tell me, is this card red or black? And she says, red. And the family can't believe it. They begin to squirm with excitement. He does three more cards just about that quickly. She nails every one. She has got this down. He says, let's try this. 
you're so good at this. I mean, you're really good at this. You have some psychic power, I think. Let me do this. Let me pull out one more card. This time, I'm going to pull out the card and look at it, and I want you to tell me the numerical value. You understand, Wendy? There's a number on the card, and I want you to tell me the number, and then I want you to tell me what the suit of the card is. You have four choices. It can be a heart or a diamond or a club or a spade. Okay, do you understand? You're going to tell me not just the color this time, but the numerical value and whether it's a heart, club, diamond, or spade. She shakes her head yes. He flashes the card to the family. It's the five of hearts. He says, okay, Wendy, I'm going to hold it right here next to my brain. Concentrate. She thinks for a minute, she concentrates, and then with confidence, she says, it's the five of hearts, and the family is flabbergasted. And the father says, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, how did you do that? And the magician says, well, you'll have to ask Wendy. And so he says, Wendy, how did you do that? And she looks at him with a broad smile, and she said, well, Dad, it's magic. <laughs> how did they do that? The magician says what he did when he realized that she was blind. That he still wanted her to participate. So when he pulled up the chair and sat down, he put his foot next to hers. And when he said to her, now I'm going to have you tell me what color this card is, red, he tapped her foot once. Or black, tap, tap, he tapped her foot. He said, do you understand you're going to get to tell me red, he tapped her foot once. Or black, tap, tap. You got it, Wendy? Wendy got it. <laughs> she had it. And then when he got to the last one, as he said, numerical value, of course, he just tapped her foot five times. You understand? You're going to tell me the number. Tapped it five times. And then when he went through the suits, he said, you know, you're going to have to tell me if it's a heart. He tapped her foot or a diamond or a spade or a club. And she had it. She was right there. It was a fun night for the family. He moved the chair and went on. The real power of the story and the experience didn't really come clear to the magician until months later when he received a package from Wendy. It was a package of Braille playing cards. She said that was a great night. The cards are just to say thank you, but I would love it if you'd come up for, with some more uh, magic tricks using the braille cards for blind people that would be great but then she went on to write in her letter how special she felt that night she said you know for just a few moments i could see better than anybody in the family i could see better than anybody at the table and you know it caused them to treat me differently when we got home Everybody who came by, every time we were out anywhere, they would tell everybody about my amazing psychic powers. She said, I became sort of a local celebrity around everybody we know. In fact, her family saw her differently, and they were treating her differently. But not only that, that experience helped Wendy see herself differently, and it changed who she was as well. John says that through Jesus we see the glory of God 
And when we see the glory of God through Jesus, we understand God in a new and fresh way. And when we understand it and experience it, it changes us. When we come to believe, John says, it changes us. John writes several times in his gospel that he wants us to believe. But very close to the end of the gospel, he says, I've written all of this and I've told you this whole story so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Word become flesh, the light of the world, the light of all people. I want you to believe and when you believe in Him, you will have life, life abundant and life eternal. John says, he believes. I would add my voice to that. I believe. I pray that you believe. And believing that you may have life. For John writes, from his fullness. From his fullness. We have all received grace upon grace from God in Christ. Amen. And thanks be to God.